0: Hello and welcome back to the Rugby Field Podcast, this weekly podcast for the 15th of March. March. March, it is March indeed, I definitely didn't get that wrong just now. Um, we're back again, I'm back with Max. Kia up? And I am Josh of course, and we've got a pretty pretty packed show as, as is the kind of climate I've, this this time of year. I feel like
1: here. we should just make that a line of the intro that we have a pretty packed show because it just happens every week.
0: Yeah, we fill it pretty well with great wit and intelligence, but that's, that's our... That's very debatable. Yeah, <laughs> <tried>.
1: <laughs> That's not really
0: our decision to make. No, nah, it's our two listeners.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Cry. Don't um, sell us short. If you're one of our two listeners, shout out to you.
0: Um, But today we have got a wrap-up of the Vancouver 7s, which just wrapped up a few... Uh, Hours ago, as of recording, then we've got a quick quick look at the uh, Pro 12 and Aviva Prem. There's not too much going on there. Um, then a look at the Six Nations, which is all all but done now, and a big wrap up of the Super Rugby to end, as seems to be the um, trend. But should That's we the word you're looking for? Should we get straight into the Vancouver Sevens?
1: Big tournament, big tournament for the Kiwis, especially coming up. Trumps in that one,
0: mm-hmm. um, and, and and USA, in, uh, in my opinion, and also Canada to a to a point, to a point at home. They did, they, they played very well, they pulled very well. But we will get to that, and we should start with pool A, because that's how letters work. Right, we had Fiji come out in front. They've looked pretty dominant. They had a points difference of plus a hundred, which I mean, you're winning every point, every game by about thirty points, but I think a lot of that was due to their drubbing of Portugal. And I thought uh, the kind of the surprise here was Samoa getting going through over Kenya. Over Kenya,
1: yeah. After that cup quarter final. It's a disappointing tournament for the Kenyans because they've they've also looked good. Fiji are again with those top four teams a world above everyone
0: else. Yeah.
1: Um, three wins with three, scoring hundred and twenty four points in three games. Averaging forty points a game isn't bad when you're only averaging conceding about seven.
0: Yeah, I'd, ta- I'd take it to be honest.
1: So, yeah, clear winners of that group. On to Pool B, where Australia <laughs> slightly less convinced. It was very interesting. It was that Canada game. Very going.
0: Yeah, same. To, the we'll Canadians the will be home team.
1: Will be disappointed Having not got through when Australia, Wales and Canada All ended up
0: on 7 points with 2 wins and a draw Yeah so they nope. uh, in terms of points they tied their group for first Just the way that results uh, panned out They needed Wales to get up and beat Australia To make sure they got ahead But Australia just got ahead on uh, points difference in the end
1: Wales coming in second ahead of Canada By a points difference of 12 it's just
0: it's tough. Yeah, it's obviously when you play that well and you beat beat Russia comfortably and then go and beat uh, Australia as well, you kind of gotta hope. You, you, nine times out of ten, that would really be enough to to get a cup quarterfinal and just about Newpool. But just, it was
1: Wales smashing of Russia that got them through, in the end the what near fifty pointer. Yeah, that ended up. Really putting them in good stead to go through, and they did. Exactly,
0: and so moving on to pool C, we had South Africa and Scotland qualified just ahead of Argentina, and then Brazil in their first tournament, not faring too well. But
1: I was cheering, when they went up against South Africa. That's the first try of the game. I was like,
0: "Come on!" It would have been quite the story, but not to be. At least Zimbabwe have some company down the bottom of the uh, overall points table now with those those one well, tournament South Africans teams. have a bit of a
1: have a bit of a habit of getting upset by minnows, don't they? Really. Pool D, where the Kiwis came up trumps, a tight group, a really tight group. New Zealand coming up top, USA sevens in second, England in third, France in fourth. The Kiwis only beating England seven 0 That was a really tense game for Mm -hmm. a pool
0: game. Very defensive as well for for four sevens. Usually you you just find a lot of space. But both teams really held defensively strong. And then USA getting up over England being that uh, determining result for that second uh, pool spot. Uh, quarterfinal spot, sorry. And, yeah, they did so pretty comfortably in the end. Um... But yeah, so moving forward into the uh, quarterfinals, the first one we had was Fiji, USA. So disappointing
1: for USA, getting so close to the one of the real heavyweights of the tournament. Yeah. And the team that's leading the tournament and just falling short in the end, A comeback mounted a
0: little bit too late.
1: So. Yeah.
0: Just one of those things, really, when you get um, one of those big teams that are kind of very clinical in those tight games, um, and also they can be quite clinical when they win thirty-one 0 which is what happened with South Africa over Wales in that second quarter final. And South Africa looked just real look dominant, and whereas Wales, just Wales kind of rolled over. Shambles. Yeah, the defence just wasn't there, and they were throwing it away whenever they had it. So, New Zealand
1: beating Samoa seventeen-twelve in the third of the quarterfinals. A, l- a late comeback by Samoa Turned into consolation points really New Zealanders held the ball For pretty much the entire game And just yeah, didn't really give them a slump. chance They
0: know that a lot, as a lot of those Other nations you can get teams that Can throw it around and can really pose risks But they didn't let them do that By just holding possession And a couple of players points where re- needed
1: A couple of players really Impressing for Samoa though,
0: But we'll talk about them a bit later on In the performance trackers we sure can, and in that next uh, final quarterfinal, we had Australia getting up over Scotland. It was, the Scotland was probably a little bit forgiving to Australia They won 24-17. I thought it was a little bit closer than that, really, on, on the Well, day. Scotland
1: went up 12-0, then, Yeah,
0: they, they got a good lead, and then they got another try once after Australia had a little bit of a pushback, and so it was kind of looking quite... Uh, quite good but then they just kind of ran out after the last kind of, I was going to say 10 minutes but that would be more than half the game the last few uh, positions for Australia were just dominant and Scotland rolled over a little bit but that's, that's going to happen, so some of these Sevens tournaments when, especially when a back to back ones like we had in Las Vegas only a few weeks ago um, so there's Into going to be the, some tired legs Into the semi-finals It got very interesting <laughs> South Africa getting up over uh, Fiji in the first one Looking pretty comfortable
1: Comfortable, yeah, that's what I was going to say They, they the Fijians didn't threaten them As much as they thought they would And it ended up being a 31-19 victory For the South Africans And as you said, pretty comfortable for
0: them in the end Yeah, they didn't really even seem to break Kind of, for, like chop out of first gear they just kind of strolled through it but like obviously they put they played very well but they didn't seem to be they never seemed to panic they never seemed to worry even when Fiji were I think they got a couple of tries back to back and South Africa would just like okay well here's three from us and then in that second semi-final got interesting with the uh, traditional New Zealand-Australia rivalry playing out once more as I'm sure it will many times after this and this time New Zealand got up 28-19 Thoughts on the game The
1: The New Zealanders Is beginning to peak At the right time Coming towards Europe They looked dodgy For a few tournaments At the beginning A couple of good ones In a row um, A good victory Over Australia And a much needed one As well to drag the back From the From the lead they had Yeah The but, The point table lead You mean Yeah um, Still not 100% sold Though On either team as well as middle middle hopes go, um, the bowl final, Canada took on France, and awesome for Canada to come away with the bowl victory, nineteen seventeen, over them in front of the home crowd. Right. Well, may I say, a fantastic crowd.
0: Oh yeah, for the two at, days at the BC Place, which is the home of the Vancouver Whitecaps, I believe, in the football, and football. It's a really nice stadium. And just a huge crowd, which is really good to see for North American rugby in general. Huge crowd,
1: great atmosphere for the entire time. They were singing, they were having a good time, and that's what you love to see with Sevens as well. And just really well done.
0: Yeah, exactly. It seems very well organised by uh, Rugby Canada and obviously the Sevens World Series as well.
1: We look at the plate final. Samoa took on the USA and beat them 31-19. We, we highlighted, it uh, was a couple of weeks ago, heading into the Vegas and then Bank of the tournaments, how, how important this middle stretch was for Canada and the USA, both with the opportunity to pick up points on their, their home soils of
0: sorts. Mm. Um, were you slightly disappointed with the two of them? I think Canada were very unlucky, and I think that if they had got that cup quarterfinal, then they m- may have actually pushed for that plate final, because I do think they would have gone down to... South Africa right? yeah it would have been South Africa um, and I think they could have pushed for that plate final but I think they were unlucky to get chopped into that bowl and then obviously beat everyone that was on that level so were, who knows what could have been and then USA will be disappointed Anytime they go work, they're worse than winning that plate final it's kind of below par for them now but great performance from Samoa on the um, on the afternoon to get up 31-19 and They actually ran, it was quite a high scoring final, which was nice to see because sometimes finals you kind of get people shutting down. With those points being so crucial. Yeah, exactly. It's a huge result for Samar, really, because they were quite a way down the picking order before. um, Move on to the game that
1: that that we always. We always hate talking about it. the The bronze final, Australia beating Fiji in 1912. Another good game to be fair, because it's it's been the usual top four this year, really, hasn't it? Yeah, Australia, Fiji, New Zealand, and South Africa.
0: Um, Australia getting up over Fiji this time. It's probably good for the a good result for the tournament as a whole to have it uh, a bit tighter coming into the. Um Coming into the business end of the tournament because they do drop an extra two points for that result, so that could be a, a massive have a massive effect on the table as a whole when we get further down. Well, just
1: just looking at the the table now, there's out of the six tournaments that have been so far, three of them have ended up with the top four this way.
0: That's very interesting.
1: Including like including Fiji, Australia, so Africa, yeah. New
0: Zealand. That is very interesting. I guess it, it just shows, shows the her, Yeah exactly You took the words Right out of my mouth But yeah That's kind of Exactly what you What you see there Which is Which is interesting Going into Rio In particular The final The big one
1: 1914 Victorious Within New Zealand seventeen Over South Africa Glad um, you
0: finished that sentence And didn't stick with The New Zealand <laughs> oh. <laughs> The Thoughts on the game um, it was close. It was a good final. Um, it, the crowd seemed to absolutely love it, which is always nice. Um, did you Did you manage to watch it? I did. It did seem. It seemed like a a good event across the board, really. Like I only saw probably four or five of the games where I could, but I did get to see the final, and it was. It was. Sam Dixon,
1: outstanding. Oh, what a man! What a man! <laughs> He played incredibly well. The best game of his seventh career, I think, hands down. Seventh career. Yep. Oh, well, wow, that's high praise. He turned up on the big stage. Try, try assist. Great off take as well. He was
0: um, pretty huge. He was. It was just both, both literally and uh, statistically. Um, but as we were saying
1: before, I'm sure not sold with that New Zealand there. Neither am I. But
0: this was probably the first final where I felt that they were comfortable in winning. Like, usually they're coming from behind, they're snatching wins in the finals and stuff, but I feel like, although it was close, I never... It might have just been uh, blind to faith in New Zealand as a New Zealand fan, but I never felt like South Africa, which who are usually such a confident, such a powerful team, I never felt like they, uh, they really looked like Challenger. I'm still not really...
1: See, the, this New Zealand team, it's, it, it's strange in a way because you're so used to the Tamahtayamas and those sorts of boys with a lot of players around them possessing a lot of raw pace. And the commentators have talked throughout the last couple of tournaments how the New Zealand team really lacks that. Like, Mickelson's quick, Gilly Skaka's quick, but when you got the guys like Messam, DJ Forbes, Sam Dixon and stuff all on the field at the same time, they've really resulted... To a new style of sevens of sorts Where they just They want to hold the ball for the entire seven minutes If they
0: can and yeah. it's, it's an interesting tactic And it's an interesting Adjustment going forward To see that they are still So dominant with that bigger change in game plan But I don't know if it's The best for sevens rugby Going forward We'll see you in
1: the upcoming tournaments but I'm still not sold it's Titch knows what he's doing
0: though. got yeah, a exa- faith in exa- the exa- guy. Be. Always has, probably always will. One of the smartest guys in, in sevens but but yeah, it's interesting looking at the table now. That that tournament very much conduce that top three and to a point that top four as well. Australia lagging a little bit behind, but they're still well within punch they reach. Of that, two
1: points separate the, the top three teams. Exactly, you've got Fiji on left. You've got
0: Fiji on 106, South Africa on 105, and New Zealand on 104. Um, New Zealand with three tournament wins out of the last four tournaments. Yeah, they're, they're looking to peak at the right time, but hopefully they haven't peaked. They could have peaked slightly too early because we've still got Hong Kong, Singapore, Paris, and then London to finish. The biggest disappointment has to be Kenya of this tournament.
1: Yeah. Picking up one point. And when, before this, they were... They've been leapfrogged by England. It's just... They're down to eighth now. And a good tournament could have pushed them right up into that sixth spot. Yeah, quite easily.
0: And... Yeah. It just, they just... As soon as they kind of fell over in the pool, they didn't look like they wanted to play in the... Um, the so-called lesser, well, they they're worth less points. So I guess they are lesser. They're not so called lesser, but those lesser trophies, a bowl and the plate, and whatnot. But they're all worth points when it comes to the end of the day, and that can change hugely, change your position on the table. Um, I think it's good for USA to still be right up there. They're on seventy-six. They've kind of solidified that fifth place spot, which is it's good to see. I I I'm, I'm happy for them. It'll be interesting to see if they can push for the maybe bronze finals or cup finals going forward, into these uh, Hong, like Hong Kong and Singapore in particular.
1: Another interesting point here is New Zealand haven't lost a final yet. This season, no. Every time they make it, they get the they get
0: the full 22 points out of it. But it's in, just and saying that Fiji haven't lost an eight finals with. There with Ben Ryan as head coach. So, if they come come up in a final, then you got two records up against it. But they don't seem to. They always seem to kind of avoid like hit each other in the semis, or uh, one makes it and the other one drops out. Yeah, it's it's kind of odd, but we'll we'll see what uh what happens with that moving forward.
1: Exactly, and the next tournament in Hong Kong. And who's to who's going to win it?
0: New Zealand? (laughs) It's a bold prediction, this far out. I think it'll be New Zealand first, USA second, South Africa third, Australia fourth, Fiji sixth, Kenya fifth. Well, we've got a month,
1: so you can, you can think about the 8th to the 10th of March is when it's in Hong Kong, so Titch has a month to find some young pace. speedsters. Some speed demons. <laughs> um, but on that note, should we, should we move on to the larger format of the game?
0: Why not? Move over to the 15s And we'll start with We'll start with the Pro 12 There's only two games To cover this week Because Because of uh, Scheduling and whatnot. It's kind of a A catch up round For teams So Firstly we've got Glasgow at home To Leinster Which Could be a very Interesting game For the uh, For the table For both teams uh, uh, Glasgow can Leap frog Into 6th If they win And push Edinburgh Down into 7th And Edinburgh are Looking very Uh on form a few weeks ago and now could be as low as 7th which will be very disappointing for them and Leinster can obviously jump into first which would be a uh, a huge thing to upset that Connor kind of runaway that they've got going and then the other game we've got Munster at away to Cardiff which could be very interesting for Munster Munster can equal Ulster if they get a bonus point win on, uh, in fourth which would probably see Ulster stay there unless it's a huge one but just staying <laughs> unless they win by 105 points it's possible it's huge but it's possible um, and yeah so two, two very interesting games but two catch up games and there's not too much to cover there I'd say my picks would probably be Leinster and Munster, but you know, I'm really liking Connacht at the moment, so I kind of don't want—I kind of want Glasgow to win that one at home. I'm not 100% sure though. How about you? What do you think is going to happen in those two?
1: I'm going to take Munster, a little bit of bias there. Fair enough. Um, and I'm also going to take Leinster. Their defense has just been too good.
0: Yeah, they've been... Pretty spectacular.
1: They've leaked the least amount of points by about 40 this year. So, tries allowed only 16 in 16 games. That just says a lot for me. So, I have them going top of the table. And I think they deserve it as well. Defence wins championships.
0: Exactly. The the age-old adage. Um... But moving over to the uh, Viva Premiership now that we've covered literally all the Pro 12 games for this week, uh, a much a much fuller schedule this week for. Orwell. How how high scoring have all of these games been lately? It's been interesting. It's been some good running rugby, which isn't something you say very often about uh, the Northern Hemisphere.
1: With defence. <laughs> um, that's a, that's a bit where it's coming from a Super Rugby supporter Yeah exactly
0: <laughs> um, Not in Um uh, But we, firstly we had The first game of the uh, Past week We had Harlequins going up And winning against Bath 35-28 it's Both teams scoring a lot of points there But Harlequins getting up Harlequins moving up into 6th, Bath staying
1: down in ninth, down in that zone of despair really. They've got a game in hand though,
0: so there's still a little bit of hope for them. You can still shut that gap with Sale, but yeah, Harlequins looked pretty dominant in there from what I've seen, and they ran a lot. <laughs> Good. The Wasps were the big win over the Leicester Tigers 36-24 um, it pushes them into third place and it also drops the Tigers down to fifth which is pretty disappointing for them especially seeing as they had two really good results coming into this game so they'll definitely be disappointed with that but away from home they just couldn't uh, get up against the Wasps and the Wasps ran through that defence pretty pretty easily really as painful as it is to say but it was less of a high scoring affair in the Northampton Saints game against Sale Sharks where they beat them 26-11 to That was comfortable Northampton though. winning, yeah it was a comfortable win but um, they didn't pile on the misery as some of the other teams did a bit but uh that pushes them into fourth, that meant they jumped ahead of Leicester, who as we said lost their game, so they're now in fourth and kind of within striking distance of that top two to a point, but I felt like before this round Leicester was only the only real team, Leicester and Wasps probably, were the only real teams that could really challenge for those top two spots and Leicester losing means that it's really down to the Wasps now, it could be interesting interesting to see what happens going forward there Um, well yeah uh,
1: a nine point difference separates first and third that's a couple of bonus point wins really
0: isn't it yeah it's a pretty it's a pretty big uh with games running out yeah exactly it's a pretty big uh to to cross i'm good at analogies
1: you heard it here first, people. It's a pretty big hold across.
0: Um, but in the next game, we've got the Warriors against <laughs> Gloucester, and, or had, sorry, the Warriors against Gloucester, and they won 28-20, the closest game of the weekend. Um, An upset? Yeah, to a to a certain degree, I think. Worcester are
1: in 10th, and Gloucester are in, dropping out of 7th, so... I would say that's almost the definition of an
0: upset oh, well, I'd say definition would be last beating first but it it, it it was it was an upset but I think Warriors at home haven't been horrible this season so it wouldn't be too much of a surprise to Warriors fans but I guess then they're probably a little bit biased but I think they've been decent at home That's very much struggled on the road but but yeah they got the win here and that Moves them into a kind of striking distance of that ninth and maybe could get a run on and get a a respectable table finish. Then we've got the Exeter Chiefs and took on the Newcastle Falcons, beat them
1: 32-17. They pretty comfortable. Took on the London Irish and beat them 26-16. So two wins. But not as
0: convincing as as I thought they would be.
1: Two wins for the two top of the top. Well, you Well, you predicted about 50 points from one of those two games. I said it, it I said
0: could be a 50 Oh, <coughs> Just like it could have been a draw in every game. I didn't say it would be that. But it was a uh, both very interesting results. I think it was interesting that Saracens were the only team to win away from home this week, which is obviously setting a uh, precedent of Some sort And Exeter just looked very comfortable Against Newcastle Who Now sit in 11th Who sat in 11th before But now sit further in 11th So they can't really catch the Warriors After their win So a bad week for Newcastle Unless you're a football fan Then then you'll be happy With Rafa the Gaffer But that's for a different podcast altogether Um And yeah, good week for Saracens again, holding that lead at the top. Looking ever so composed. They've already had kind of one slip-up in this still. They still look so far ahead of kind of everyone else in the league. But looking forward to next week, we've got some interesting fixtures. (laughs) Um, Firstly, we've got Bath and Newcastle, which is a bit of a a nothing-nothing result with Bath down in ninth and Newcastle and eleventh, but I think Bath will be pretty pretty comfortable. Their Newcastle haven't looked good away from home as we saw at Exeter, but I think as I said, Bath will be comfortable.
1: The only game for the Saturday, oh god. <coughs> Harlequins taking on Worcester Warriors. Harlequins would be looking to continue will be looking, even, to continue their climb up the table as of late. And there's not too much to play for really for the Warriors
0: A bit of pride Yeah And they can hold That top 10 finish Which is Isn't Not Entirely Disrespectful But It's it's something They'll, they'll, they'll be yeah, As you said They'll be playing for pride They'll be playing for a few To up points Where they can But I think Harlequins will Definitely win this one And possibly Push uh, Leicester Due to their game But we'll talk about that In a second Big game, a big game.
1: Extra taking on Northampton. Yeah,
0: second place fourth, and there's not much between fourth and third, and there's not much between second and first. So it's a pretty, it is a top of the table clash really. And I'd expect Wasps to beat Sale in the next fixture. Exactly, so third, they could. Third, they could put pressure on Exeter if, if there is a. Uh, poor result there for them at home but Wasps at home have looked comfortable (coughs) and I think as you said they'll be comfortable against Sale. And then in the second last game of the weekend we've got London Irish playing Gloucester which could be interesting. I think Gloucester aren't horrible. I'm not saying well I kind of am saying London aren't by definition of saying Gloucester are but I think London Irish at home might want to try and salvage some form of pride, but Gloucester will obviously still have their eye on chasing down Harlequins and Leicester. Um, And then in the most interesting game of the week, in my opinion, we've got Leicester hosting Saracens, which is a huge game for both teams. Saracens have to, like when you're in the lead, you have to win every game just try and keep pushing out that lead no matter what, and obviously they'll have some idea of what's happened in that extra game and leicester
1: will be looking to bounce back
0: after a bit of a rough defeat last week so a lot to play for for them yeah but they can they can can quite easily get back into that kind of fourth third spot if they put one or two runs together a bonus a bonus point one what is wrong with my voice right now
1: (coughs) a bonus point one and they can move into third with, with Wasps and Northampton Saints both losing.
0: So, which is... Isn't that far-fetched, really? No. The way the fixtures are set up. I think Wasps will probably win this week, but I think they're, they have some interesting fixtures coming out where they might drop points. And then Leicester can, can jump on that. But I think that might be Aviva Carded. Or just about. Anything. Congratulations! Yeah are
1: in, are in order For all you English fans Out there
0: You can tell all can you celebrate
1: want. Yeah congrats To England On taking it out Taking out the Six Nations With
0: a round to go Yeah it, It's It's deserved Yeah they've, they've Outplayed just about everyone It was kind of Sad for uh, For Scotland to Finally get a Good one, but it kind of confirmed England's uh, England's place at the top of that table, which is a bit a bit of a uh, bittersweet moment for them. And a fantastic one for for Ireland. Yeah, huge one. They looked absolutely
1: massive. And um, the most tries ever in a Six Nations game. Really, I was not aware. But oh, scored by one fact, play.
0: they scored nine. They just kind of ran ran. Ran rings around actually really it's a bit of a cliche but they they didn't look challenged at all they looked kind of men against boys I had to keep throwing cliche after cliche but it's kind of necessary when you beat someone that comfortably does round five still get played It does it? Yeah, yes Max they don't just call off all games you never know save France the embarrassment <laughs> <laughs> and I, obviously other teams there are still other positions to Fight for and I think um, an interesting point to note is that Ireland finished uh, the game with five Connacht players on the field, which is very interesting for for Connacht fans and for Connacht rugby as a whole because obviously they haven't they've they've got history but they don't have that much history and they're having a very good season and it's very very good for them as a club to be that dominant in the in the national side.
1: It is a good moment for like for a club. Building It's reputation up again Yeah Fantastic moment for them really So
0: Redundant statements 101 Go us But uh, yeah So In their second game England bet Wales 25-21 It was a really close game But I think they Did they deserve to win When it came down to it. it It wasn't
1: as close as the scoreline suggests, though England were no, pretty yeah, dominant no. throughout. A late resurgence from <laughs> Wales in the end. Arguably, they should have. They should have done it. An interesting refereeing decision, which is hard to judge in real time. But
0: I like your use of the word means. interesting.
1: I. I can't go slagging referees off, can I?
0: <laughs> you can probably try. I'm sure you <laughs> have in the past. We're not, we're not on uh, recorded devices. But uh, interestingly enough, England kind of dominated that first half, had 61% possession, I think, and it, they were up 16 at half time and then Wales pushed back in the second half. But yeah.
1: yeah, jump on the rugby side and check out some of Eddie Jones' interviews and some of his work on there. It's all really interesting. He talks about creating team culture and all that sort of stuff, which is the biggest difference you can see throughout this. This English team The despair That they looked at At the World Cup And Now The the new
0: Breed of Enthusiasm And all that sort of stuff which Yeah it's a, it's a massive change For them really Which you can clearly see has He has had an impact On that And so If you want to try And have that same impact On a the team Then go Go check out His uh, interviews And his
1: A lot of free to watch Stuff there From Eddie Jones as well
0: mm, Just always fun Not, Everyone loves Free stuff Don't they Oh, wouldn't you? It's but uh, in the final game, we had a, a great, a great result for Scotland. Really, despite them um, handing England the title, I think um, Scotland played really well. Hogg was sublime, pulled off a miracle pass to the ball going over his head, and he he managed yep, to pretty awesome. catch it, draw the defender, and just nod it back over himself to the winger um, to put him in untouched. Which was amazing for him, and he just played so well throughout the game. I think he's had a really good tournament as a whole. But uh, they got up twenty nine eighteen over France at Mayfield, and it's nice for them to get a win at Mayfield as well. They played really well, and they really, really deserve. It. But looking at round five, though, it doesn't matter for the title. It could matter for those second, third, fourth place. And the wooden spoon. I can't. They actually have got the wooden spoon as well. They oh, can't. Yeah. They can't come out of that. So. Can't they? No. How many points for a win? Two. Oh, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Ropey knowledge. Yeah. No, well, every competition needs a different point system. Oh, it always what? confuses me, and they all have different lengths. and uh, it's, yeah, It is a bit of a struggle to keep up with it sometimes. But uh, firstly, we've got Wales at <laughs> home to Italy. Isn't that a job so hard? No, oh, it's so tough. It's the worst. <laughs> but listen to us complain for an hour. That'll be a great podcast. But yeah, Wales against Italy. Wales will be looking to secure that second-place spot. Um, Ireland against Scotland both of them will uh, Ireland will definitely want to prove that they were better than they showed at the start of the tournament and they can two points here can put them into third which they just probably deserve for the quality of the team they've got but personally I want Scotland to stay in that third spot and maybe push for that first spot if Italy can pick up a win uh, not second sorry um, and then in the final game you got France England, which you can't really see England losing, but maybe because I won't, they might take the foot off. But I doubt they will with the kind of charisma they've got in that team now with Eddie there, as we were just talking about. Ireland for a big win over Scotland and to take that second place. See, I think the opposite. I know you're Irish, so, but I am too Scottish. <laughs> English England to win against France, so France I put down me in the court. tournament. I was like, "Oh, well, wow, well, Max, don't go out on a limb. You <laughs> don't, don't want to be slaughtered s- when you're wrong." Italy to beat Wales for you, and yeah,
1: then, and then Ireland to beat France.
0: That's interesting.
1: Oh, Ireland, Ireland, to beat Scotland. Even. Ireland
0: to beat France is very interesting. I don't I see like, it happening personally. I feel like
1: Italy to beat Wales is a bit of
0: a Yeah, I think I don't know, I've. I think Scotland will win, but so will Wales, so Wales will get second, Scotland will get third, Ireland will get fifth, France fourth, Italy last, England first. Shall we move on to the the chunkiest chunk of the podcast? I love that you use that as both a verb and, uh, an adjective and a noun. <laughs> It's not like I do history papers at university or anything like that. No, it's not like you're a, a, a tertiary education scholar. Well, I think scholars pushing it yeah. um <laughs> We
1: kicked off the weekend up, up here in Auckland with the Blues taking on the Hurricanes. Very the tight game. Arguably robbed. At the, yeah. With about five minutes left. They had so
0: many chances though. Like, you can say so much about refereeing decisions but when you've got I think it was four line outs from from on their five meter line, and you don't get any of them. You've kind of got to look at yourself a bit there. Like, they didn't get anything from any of them. Like, obviously, they couldn't take the three points, otherwise, it'd still be a point back. But they played an extra five minutes and still couldn't get the win, so I don't think you can argue too much. Um, I was definitely cheering for them, even though I'm in Wellington. I we got um, a few weird um, looks, but. But yeah, I think. The
1: Brumbies took on the force. Interesting game. Well, the Brumbies, again, were just insanely dominant. There's not too yeah. much to say about that. They they've
0: fantastic. been the best team in the tournament. Well, technically speaking, they have been the best team in the tournament, hands down. But they've also looked so confident in every game. Um, the Highlanders took on the
1: Lions, also beating them 34-15. A game that was really close to the first 40, then a bit of Smith Squared magic. really
0: Smith Squared,
1: gotta love it. Really put it, put them on top, then with a couple of tries, in, I think it was three tries in the space of like nine minutes, two in the space of four, it was just, put the Lions on the head. The Highlanders were disappointed to miss out on a bonus point though. Towards the end of that one. Obviously the new bonus point laws for those of you that don't know, you've got to score four tries more than the opposition.
0: Exactly. I think. I'm not 100% sure.
1: The Rebels took on the Reds in the, the third game on Saturday. Better fight back from the Reds.
0: Yeah, it was it was a it was a close fought game and I think I think the Rebels are looking not surprised well, probably it's surprising good but I think they're, just, they're looking very good they're looking like quite clearly the second best team in that uh, Australian conference um, and yeah they looked real comfortable at home the Reds did fight back did probably push them more than ne- necessary from a Rebels point of view but um, but yeah good, good win for the Rebels, good fight from the Reds Positives from both teams Then in my opinion Probably the most interesting result Of the, the weekend Sunwolves in Tokyo 31 Cheetahs 32 That's um, the second close game they've lost this Yeah and, and as we said, it, it might be an experience thing Like those big teams win the close games But they Conceded a pretty uh, Soft not necessarily soft, just unnecessary, which is just a fancy way of saying soft try in the 71st minute to relinquish their lead for the first time all game. They started really strong. They were up 14-0 after about 15-20 minutes, and then it took the it took the cheaters a wee while to kind of kick it into gear. But then they got three tries in that second half to. Uh, the Sunwolves 0 the Wolves got all four tries of theirs in the first half and then only a penalty in the second so you've got to wonder whether there's something missing just in that in, in finishing those tight games when they had such a good a good lead against the Cheaters who have looked shaky themselves at times so I think a very interesting result for, for the tournament moving forward and for the Wolves as a franchise as well and then one of the other new franchises or returning franchises is uh, the Kings and they hosted the Chiefs and the Chiefs put 58 points past um, uh, them. To be fair, they scored 24 as yeah, well. Yeah, it was, it was a high-scoring game. There the Kings came
1: out on top for me. They they not really that first 20 minutes. On, on top in a
0: 24-58 loss. The first 20 minutes, they were Oh, they came up. out, right. I thought you meant like came out of the fixture on top. Oh, no, no, no. They came out fiery the
1: first the first 20 minutes they were dominant. I didn't... Yeah, but again, it, they
0: didn't score until halftime. Like, the Chiefs scored three tries, I think. It's what, it's what we talk about every
1: week with making your trips to the red zone count. You always want to come out with five or seven points, at least three. But I think teams are starting to settle on
0: taking three too often when they've got that much dominance Yeah, they, they looked good on ball, which is something that they don't always do and sometimes I, They almost look to be a bit shocked Something, that they, were.
1: something they very rarely do yeah, <laughs>
0: ooh, uh, they, But they seemed a bit shocked to a point that they were doing that well It was a very strange thing
1: and then the last game of the weekend, the Sharks taking on the
0: Stormers and beating them 18-13. It was a big game for that South African uh, group and for that both African conferences. The Stormers could have formed an almost insurmountable lead three games in, which is kind of mental. They've already got a five-point lead over the cheetahs and they could have made it a 7 or 8 point lead Which would have Taken 2 or 3 weeks Of Someone winning And them losing To take back Which you can't see Happening at the moment But um, But yeah Huge huge win for the Sharks They now go ahead Of their Conference On uh, Yes They had their conference On 13 points But if we look forward To the tables no, now After no, 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 those no, no, results
1: no no no, no 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 Not yet not yet. I've got the team of the week.
0: Fair enough, fire away. Number one,
1: Brendan Edmonds from the Highlanders. That Highlanders scrum was absolutely punishing. That's interesting for me. I absolutely think- huge, that Highlanders scrum. They, The first scrum, they just walked them over.
0: I personally think that you could have given it to a turning up Tuna Farsi. Um, I think he was pretty huge for the Blues. Like, although they didn't win, I think he did a lot on ball. I think he had something like 12 or more carries. And he made a lot of metres for them. I think it, in my opinion, probably deserves to go to him. I think the impact he had on the game was probably more of a, uh, a bigger thing than... This, the Highlanders' scrum Which was good But once again You can't put it All down to one player So yeah It's interesting though Interesting choice uh, Okay, Hawker Ricky
1: Riccatelli Entered the game Really early As an injury replacement For Lenny Upside. Uh, only playing his third Game of Super Rugby Did his core cool roles well
0: Got around with A lot of purpose I was really impressed with him Yeah he played He did play very well um, I think both Both front rows In the, that uh, Hurricanes Blues game Played well um,
1: Player of the week: Charlie Famuyiwa for the Blues. Um, talking about a prop here, he played 80 minutes, which doesn't happen very often nowadays. It does not. He dominated the side of the scrum, defended like an absolute monster. 13 tackles, leading the team.
0: He only missed one as well, which is pretty. When you're when you're make when you're putting yourself in position to make 13, you're right in the thick of it. So to only lose miss one tackle is pretty massive
1: Broke 5 tackles, 11 big carries He was huge, best game he's had this season, definitely Onto the locks, we've got Alex Ainley from the Highlanders
0: I, I would tend to agree, I think There's a reason that Highlanders scrum was so Don't, I think it was probably a, a joint effort But I do think he was He's one
1: of those people you talk about as an absolute battler. He's so crucial to a Super Rugby and Provincial franchise but doesn't get a lot of the credit and it's good to see him out here doing some really good work at the moment 30, 34 years old as well yeah that's big for him Mark Abbott for the Hurricanes with the absence of James Broadhurst they needed him to set up he carried the ball well excellent line in the line outs um, tied with the most tackles for the round with the force flanker Matt Hodgson with 21 tackles
0: it's a very a, interesting stat. As a lock. He's a yeah. Getting through a lot of work. There was a lot of forwards work from both teams in that game, but well, th- see, that, yeah. does, that does surprise me quite a bit, that he had Harriet that many Dixon tackles.
1: At six for the Heinlers, broke the line, made metres. Second most metres of any forward in the round. Won, won his own line-outs. Um, and he did really well against one of the hardest-hitting and... loose 4 trio that get through their work really well in that Lions
0: loose 4 trio yeah that the uh, Creel Tickenberg and Whitley Um, at 7 Artie Sevilla for me yeah he played very well across the field he's one of those players that you can't really nail down to a position like obviously he's playing a position but he's Everywhere All the time Yeah Um No to mention to Dan
1: Pryor Fair call Playing at seven Again Shutting down that Really dominant lions of this forward trio At eight I've got Victor Vito Um In The same sentence As Artie feature Featured in all facets Of the game Yeah
0: exactly Um Moving on to the back line Getting a try as well Which is Always nice for a Uh A forward to see Aaron Smith Again Really How how can you go past TJ? Mm, TJ was huge.
1: TJ got two tries. Aaron Smith, yeah, but the second one shouldn't have counted, so... But it did.
0: Nah, but it shouldn't have, so... That doesn't change the fact that he got two tries, Max. Yep, but I reckon Aaron Smith was better.
1: Aaron Smith single-handedly turned the game on its head with his interchange play with Ben Smith. It was close up until that point, and then... A huge impact coming from that next ten minutes.
0: He's just got a quicker, cleaner, and more accurate pass than TJ Perenara the moment. I'm not saying he doesn't, but I think TJ. I think TJ was more influential. I think he made. He did make more passes. He scored two tries where Smith scored none. Uh, like I, I, can. I'd say Smith has a lot of very untangible um, assets of his game, but I think TJ was better.
1: If you say so.
0: Moving on to first five.
1: Um, for me this guy is on the eleventh of June, when the Welsh come to play in Park. Has to be starting at first five, in my mind. Lima Sopwanger of the Highlanders. What
0: say, you going to say higher West? And I'm glad you didn't. Fantastic. He yeah, he played outstandingly and I think as we all know he was kind of in and around that all black squad. Looking at the World Cup And he, yeah, he Dominated it At home Against the uh, Against the Lions Didn't really put a foot wrong um, On the left wing I've got Tavita
1: Lee From the Blues He's young He showed The sort of Open ball running That we'd come accustomed To seeing him play At,
0: at New at, Zealand 20s level And at college level For and, us personally
1: um, It was just the pass was forward. His try was real back, but it that was such a nice try. When he got the ball fifty-five meters out, he had a lot of work to do. And Sometimes, he did it, yeah, and exactly. He
0: Sometimes stuff like that, even though it gets ruled against you and would have won in the game, I think that will give him so much confidence just to know that he has. No, no one knew that was forward. Everyone was playing as if it was live, and he did absolutely superbly on ball. So I think he has to take confidence from that, and he should. And I would like to see that as a, as someone who does like that, does want to do the blues, does want to see the blues do well.
1: Um, at twelve, we've got George Moala. When he looks to get involved in the game, he just so makes such a huge difference to that Blues midfield. Mm. Twenty carries, eight offloads. He gives them a hard go forward, and um, yeah, the difference that's betr- with him playing was really evident I, on think, Friday I
0: think and he definitely makes a difference playing outside of Ehi West I think they complement each other very well whereas he has struggled in the past with first five to kind of just distribute first and then he kind of has to do a lot more with Ehi West Ehi West loves to run he loves to find little dinky passes and then that that plays into Moala's game a lot better in my opinion
1: Um, 13 it's this wasn't up for debate at all for Guitar. No, yeah, he was one of the best games of his career. Of his career and you're making some big claims about people's careers here, Max. One of the best games he's played. It was he was just immense. He didn't put us. he he started off a little bit shaky, but then really worked himself into the game. Some hard carries. His his solo effort uh, held up hold up the Lions player over the trip yeah over
0: that line was massive pushes. you just saw um, the want on his face as well it was a real, a real nice thing to see from him a player who has had some uh, struggles in recent times but he looked real good
1: um, Matt Fettis yeah absolutely on the wing
0: same amount of tries not, as TJ
1: not too much naughty no, against him well he has to make it Because apparently If you score a couple of tries You're instantly a fantastic play well, I mean it, it um,
0: Tries do win games If TJ hadn't scored Either of those tries They wouldn't have won the game So that's
1: You uh, don't know that Well uh, looking Things would have changed points Butterfly effect Um He made a mistake He only spilled the pass With the tryline beckoning Shaked it off Played fantastically At 15 Quote Nigel Yeldon here It's week 3 I'm already running out of words To describe this man's play this season P.S. Whatever Ben thinks about the flag Is goodbye man Back of the week goes
0: to Ben (laughs) Smith Absolutely He was was spectacular Honourable mention to David McKenzie Who was also fantastic McKenzie's playing very well But he he won't get a look in Anywhere near the squad When Ben's playing this well And it's It's kind of an honour to To watch him every week To be honest Like He's just playing that 15 That fullback position Perfectly
1: we talk about that from Ben Smith um, He Leads the league in try scored Sam Kane's got three William basson has got 3 piranaro Perinara's got three Akioto Yamada has three Because he's got a hat-trick on the weekend Ben Smith's got three And Damian McKenzie has three as well um, Just shows how good their finishing is yeah. We've We've got defenders beaten Damien McKenzie on
0: 19 Leading the league That doesn't but, surprise me that The role he plays in that Chiefs back line I think that's kind of his Job they have a very It's probably more, a more Traditional 10, uh, 12, 13 And then he's kind of the one that Kind of gets on the end and just runs through gaps Which is obviously You have to still be an amazing player for that But I think that's Quite a product of the system which points. Is...
1: Lima Sopwanga, 32. Richie Wanga, 34. Christian Lilo 43. And Damien McKenzie, 57. Leading the league in points as well. Yeah. Outstanding start to the season, Pam. Um, you look at the player ranking for carries as well. Shot Berger leads the way on 42. McKenzie's got 41. Yeah. As a fullback, he, exactly. as, you, he, he you,
0: gets involved. You don't see it much, but I think that's a, it's a very interesting system to look at, and it could be. Uh, it could, it could change, that if they uh, slightly, if they start coming away with a lot more wins and stuff, it could, it could change the way that New Zealand rugby is perceived with that fullback coming in so heavily, and it could change world rugby in terms of attack as well because it's a, it's a very interesting tactic and it's obviously working for them because they are top of the New Zealand conference on uh, ten points, followed by the Highlanders on nine, and then everyone else on five. Obviously Crusaders have a game in hand But um, still huge for them to bounce back from that loss To now have two wins and go ahead on bonus point
1: A couple of interesting
0: facts about Ben Smith
1: Three games played, 240 minutes played um, So three games, three tries, two try assists Eight defenders beaten, seven clean breaks He's run 260 metres in three games
0: immense that's on ball as well like that's, what a man yeah. you just run out of words to describe him, really as yelled and said like run out of superlatives he's so what good. a man he's so
1: good i um, don't actually do, know his
0: views on the flag but I may, I may change mine because of them
1: do you want to move on to next week's fixtures and the tables and the, the, the tables tables
0: first because That can't be affected now until next week. Um, So, as I said, Chiefs are ahead of the New Zealand Conference. Brumbies are well ahead of the uh, Rebels in the Australian Conference. In Africa 1, you've got Stormers well ahead of the Cheetahs, Bulls, and Sunwolves. In Africa 2, you've got the Sharks pretty well ahead of the Lions. But the Lions kind of. they've They've won two of their three games, which could be due to them being drawn against easier teams, we'll see how that develops. But that's it's it's interesting and then the Jaguar is a game behind and so are the Kings, so that's not a pull you can really read too much into at the moment. But uh, in terms of the groups we've got at the moment, the two teams are going to be going through on the conference would be Brumby's Chiefs, and then it would be Highlanders, Rebels, and Crusaders going through on the wildcard spots for the Australian group. And then for the South African group, you'd have Sharks and Stormers going through on conference spots. And then the one wild card would be the Lions as it stands. So it's a very uh, interesting... Seems to be the only word I can say tonight, but that's all right. It's a very interesting table, and it could get more interesting next week when you look at this fixture list. It's a very inter- interesting fixture list. Wow, I'm doing great with uh, with my superlatives tonight. But first up, we've got the Hurricanes playing the Force at home. So the Hurricanes are at home, sorry. Um, thoughts on that game?
1: Really crucial for the Hurricanes to get an- another win, because... Every loss, see it's early to say, but
0: every loss they get, it's also quite obvious in a way, it takes them further away. Exactly. It means they have to come back more once they get a good run going. And that that New Zealand Conference is so tight this year.
1: And it's very unforgiving as well. This is a must win for them. I I think the next couple are must wins. Waratahs take on the Highlanders over at the Waratahs' home. Um, yeah, I think... I, I'm going to take the Highlanders. I feel like so there's enough experience there to not worry too much about playing away from home. You look at Liam where he made his debut in South Africa last year. Um, hostile environments aren't really that that big for players like Ben Smith and Aaron Smith anymore either. So I just think they'll have too much. The Bulls take on the Sharks early Saturday morning. Who are you taking?
0: It's a biggie, but I think you've kind of got to take the Sharks. I think the Bulls have only played two games, so they might still be a touch rusty. Even though they're at home, I think the Sharks will prevail there. I'm taking the Sharks as well. Some Wolves-Ribbles. Some at home again. In Tokyo, which is, I think, the scheduling is being quite... They've tried to schedule it, so they'll have two or three home games in a row, which is probably smart when you're in Tokyo and not in one of the three big uh, I'm taking the Sunwolves I'm really unsure I want the Sunwolves to do well but they keep disappointing me in close games and I think this will be a close game because I think the Rebels are very good this year the the Sunwolves for their first win in Super Rugby (laughs) would be nice it would be nice to see that at home but personally I think the Rebels are going to be too good the
1: Crusaders take
0: on the Kings. The Kings coming over from South Africa? Mm-hmm.
1: And the Crusaders coming off a of bye week. The Crusaders will be too good for me.
0: Yeah, I think... Crusaders set-piece has been outstanding this season, I think, that'll continue in, in this game. Coming off the bye, there's a possibility of rustiness, but I don't think there'll be enough rustiness. They love playing at home in front of their... Uh, Slightly smaller stadium But they They do have a very Die hard Group of fans And I think they'll Walk Walk through that one Pretty comfortably And then The Reds are hosting The Blues In Queensland Which is It's an interesting matchup
1: I'm going to take the Blues Away from home I know it's It's a risky one But I'm going to take them The, The Tana influence Will be too big
0: yeah, I think the Reds have been through a lot of uh, turmoil as we... Like, that's not... That's indisputable, really. And I think that the Blues will be good enough to put them away. they add insult to injury. And on, then on Sunday, our first game, we got Lions-Cheaters, which is an interesting one, because both are kind of outplaying expectations to a point, both the second in their conference. Both of you I'm taking the Lions. Win. You're taking Only the Lions? The
1: trio... They're just huge. Playing in front of their home crowd again.
0: I'm going to be taking them. I think the Cheaters, personally. I think they've had some really good results, and I think even when they've lost, they've lost close. I think that they'll... No, I'm going to go Lions at home. I think the home field advantage will be enough. I'm completely backtracking on everything I've just said. Stormers, Brumbies. Brumbies. Stormers have looked so good, though and it's Stormers at home. I think the Stormers might upset the apple cart that is the Brumbies great run, in my opinion. At home, I think the Stormers are way too good. Brumbies are looking so good, but I think this is everyone's chance to get ahead.
1: The last game of the weekend, the Jaguars Chiefs. Who
0: are you taking? I'm taking the Chiefs. Mm. In Argentina. I don't think the Jaguars. Is. It's their first home game. Fair enough. I don't. I don't blame you that for that I'd, My heart would probably choose that. I don't exactly love the Chiefs. I love all New Zealand teams, but I don't love them more than anyone else And the Jaguars. Are very appealing new side. You want the new sides to do well. You want the for the sake of the competition as a whole. You want the new sides to do well. So I think it would be good for them to win. But I think the Chiefs would be too good. Is that us? Have we have we covered everything? <laughs> have we, co- <laughs> have we come out? Have we come out the other side alive? Um, we'd like to thank our sponsors of the
1: rugby site.
0: Sponsors, um,
1: yep. Top no quality rugby content, but top quality rugby content over there. Jump on their website, have a look. As we said, a lot of free Eddie Jones interviews and all that sort of stuff about building culture, and you can really see see first hand hearing it from him how he managed to change the English culture um jump on Facebook the rugby site there uh, new post just gone up about Jen Cash, the Canadian women's sevens captain have a look at that have a read see what you think let us know your your thoughts on it in the comments on Facebook also a link to the podcast we did with Jean Cash there um awesome to talk to somebody inside of sorts um, and she played fantastically against the French Invitational side as well in Vancouver and proud of her home fans there. Um, follow us on Twitter. If you like this podcast, give it a...
0: Give it a follow. A like give it and
1: a... Give it a rating.
0: Some and, comments.
1: And on iTunes, give us a rating and...
0: Yeah. If you give us a rating, we'll give you a shout-out on iTunes. That's actually a very... a very good point. We will definitely do that if anyone... Give us a rating.
1: Give us a rating on iTunes. Let us ask us a question, even in the comment of the rating, or or let us know your opinion there on on something happening at world rugby, and we'll be sure to to share it on the next podcast. Are we out? Okay, Tiana. That's
0: where you say we out.
1: We out, I guess.
0: The Rugby Spiel Podcast. Podcast.